Good morning, though it's probably not for you, uh, but it is currently 6.30 a.m. in Troy, Michigan. I woke up at 3 because I caught COVID, so I have been in a weird mix of sleeping all day, trying to rest. There's no better middle-of-the-night activity than reviewing and editing Francine's recording. So you'll hear from Francine Dong, she, her, where I first met her at Penn through Ultimate Frisbee. Today, you'll hear us chat a little bit about transitioning to post-grad life in New York City, reflecting on our recent ski trip in Vermont, growing up in a very different environment in South Dakota, friendships over time, and life optimizations. So welcome back to Who Let the Dogs Out, where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things. Hope you enjoy. You just want to freeform. You just freeform. Unless you have certain things you want to share, you can just go ahead and say whatever you want. Dude, recently I've been mad into Facebook Marketplace. I've always been into Facebook Marketplace, but lately I've been on a bender. And then there's the free, what is the free page called? Yeah, yeah, free and for sale. But the best place to look is Marketplace. There are so many rich people in the city and also people dying. So it's the fucking perfect place to get free shit. Like really expensive stuff for free too. That's a pro tip for the listeners. Go to where people die for free shit. (laughs) No, literally. And the crazy thing is on Marketplace in New York, you'd think that the big items, oh, I'm buying a couch or oh, I'm buying like a dresser, those things would be more expensive than smaller things like chairs. Nah, dude. The market is completely skewed to what you can or cannot bring on the subway. Yeah, that's why you gotta get a U-Haul. Yeah, yeah, so a couch, for example, my couch was free, but my shoe rack, that shit was $30, (laughs) because I can bring that on the subway and people on Marketplace know that. That's funny. So did you get other stuff with your U-Haul to make the trip more worth? But I guess it was already worth anyway. Yeah, I got a bed frame and a mattress for my roommate and then got the couch as well. Oh, dang. So you milked the day. Hats off. Yeah, but low-key, U-Haul is like a shit show, too. There's only one location in Manhattan. So imagine, first of all, having to go to Chelsea. Like, I live all the way at the tip of Manhattan, right? So this is already a 30-minute ride with traffic. (laughs) Then you have to go to your pickup destination. Maybe you're hitting two or three spots. Come back to your apartment, lift everything up, put it in place. And then you have to go down and return the U-Haul. Yeah, fam. But isn't it driving a U-Haul around the city so fun? Did you like it? Oh my god. It's an elite experience. I highly recommend driving a U-Haul in the city to everyone out there. For real, it you feel so powerful. No, but... I'm with you though. I've literally gone to Chicago to help move out a friend just to drive the U-Haul around the city because I love it. <laughs> Wait, really? You're like really into the whole like vehicle market like anything with wheels yeah low-key you're on it but i'm such a con like i don't actually know anything i just like the experience of driving that's cool though (laughs) but are you liking the new area because is it much different than where you were before so i'm actually in the same exact building i just moved two floors up you told me that yeah yeah which was like a blessing because you're like, oh my God, it's going to be so easy. I'm already in the building. Like it's the same layout too. So it's not like I had to think much on where I was going to put my furniture and stuff. But the con is I literally prepared zero because in my brain, I was like, oh, this is going to be so fucking easy. Like whatever. Dude, no, 
because I didn't prepare at all, it was actually like the worst move of my life. I basically moved everything piece by piece up to my new apartment. I know that's the struggle of moving even just two minutes away. You have to do all the same activities of packing, which is horrible. But literally, how would you describe New York year to year, your experience there since grad? Oh man, that's a heavy question. Honestly, okay, I've been thinking about this a lot and I feel I've developed a theory. So bear with me. Feel free mm. to contribute too because All you. I don't know. Sometimes I go off the cuff and it's a little, what the fuck is you even talking about? But okay, I feel at least maybe this is unique to my year, but post-grad year one, New York, right? I'm from Penn, basically moved here. And because we didn't get a junior or senior year, everyone was living it up, living out their senior year fantasy in New York. So it was absolutely wild. It was basically just an extension of college 2.0, but now we're all making money. So we're like, damn, we can actually do things and go out and have fun. So year one, absolutely reckless. Don't remember much of it, but I know it was probably a hell of a good time. But then going into year two, you start realizing like, Okay, hold on. I see Stacy every weekend. Stacy's not a real person. This is just a made-up person. I see Stacy every single weekend. But do I actually like Stacy or am I just seeing her because she's a part of this friend group that I go out with and hang out with, but I don't really have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with her. And you start realizing like, okay, maybe it's time for me to let go of this degenerate lifestyle and actually form some close connections and make some edits. I feel it's a weird realization that you come to thinking like, who are the friends that I actually want to see? And like, now that my time is more valuable, like I'm progressing in my career. I've found hobbies in New York that I like painting, whatever, skating, etc. How do I actually want to allocate my time? And then I feel that's an interesting shift that everyone kind of goes through their second year of New York. And I'm now in the stage where I'm even further editing that which which has been really fun, honestly, but has also made me feel a little bit lost at times. Because I'm mm. like, maybe I should just keep being a degenerate because it's fun. And the city really enables it. The city is very unique in that you can literally be a degenerate for the rest of your life here. There are really no responsibilities. You're paying rent. You just go to work. You can go out. Drinks are so accessible. Seeing people is so accessible. So if you want to change the cadence of your life, you have to be really intentional about that. Word. What are some of the values or traits that you think you're drawn to now versus before? That's a great question. Conversation has always been a huge indicator of whether or not I think I can become closer with someone, right? That's level one indicator. Okay, I think I see potential. And what conversation means to me is we can sit down and just chat. And I'm not thinking like, God damn, when is this going to end? Or I'm not thinking, oh, what's next? Or I'm not thinking, we need an activity between us in order for me to be enjoying this space. So that's number one. And then a step beyond that, I think, has been, do they value the level of friendship and connection that I'm trying to achieve? And I think that's been the hardest part mm. about this stage of adult friendship is when you're in school, everyone's kind of just, okay, this is the time to have friends, make friends, do things with friends. But now I don't really need friends to do a lot of the activities that I want to do. So what's an additional level? Do they care about the same things? Do they value the fact that like, I like to give a lot to my friendships and I'm very intentional about them? Will they give that back to me? I don't know. Yeah, word. I get you. 
Have you considered going elsewhere to find that? Or what keeps you in New York? I think like, okay, I think everyone kind of realizes whether the city is for them or not. I think number one, if you like the city, you probably like to drink. That's probably true for a lot of major cities, but that's probably the number one activity when people get together and that's what they do. So I feel like my personality really fits that. I love going out, meeting people. I love how accessible the city is. I like the fact that the things that I like to do here, I can go to work and then I can do that. And I can then go see a friend. Any avenue, any niche that I want to explore, I can do that here. And I think about other places that I could go to maybe achieve that. But like currently at this stage, unless I go internationally, I think that this is the only city where you can get this very unique blend of having, maybe what I like is having multiple lives. I like being one person in one place and then jumping to another place and then being an entirely different person. And I think if you are that type of person, this is the perfect city for you. You can literally make it modular to your own experience. And it's so easy and accessible. Word. B2B multiverse modularity. <laughs> literally. I think modular is literally the word for the city. Yo, not to bring this back to Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> but everyone at the Marketplace is always looking for modular this, modular that, yeah. modular couch, modular table. People just love optionality here. And like, I think here you can literally want it all and have it all. There's always a way to make it happen as long as you can think of it you can tetris it like you can formulate it you can put the puzzle pieces together it's so possible there's like, the resources not only in the tangible things that you can touch and feel and do and have but also the people like it's so modular <laughs> word do you want to compare it to a little bit of where you grew up LMFAO. and you can say pass oh. for any of these also by the way yeah i this is also so strange. I've never done a call like this before. Usually when I'm talking like this, I'm just talking shit to my friends. Just want to let everyone know this is all bullshit, okay? Don't take <laughs> any of this for granted. Don't write any of this down. This is all bullshit. Use at your own caution and risk. That's my disclaimer. Okay, so I grew up in North Dakota, which is literally the exact opposite of this. I can't even put into words like, how extremely different if new york was one end of the spectrum where i grew up would be like the exact opposite of the spectrum given that okay i know some people come from way more extreme situations like one of my friends in the city he actually grew up formerly hasidic jewish and he literally made it out of that crazy, like strict community and ended up going to penn and like whatever his story is like insane and like he would say that was like polar opposite from regular New York. But I guess the way that the place that I grew up is extremely different is just that low population. No one is motivated. Everyone that is born there basically stays there. So all these factors are completely different. Everyone drives a car. You don't feel like a drive. You don't feel like an electricity when you get to the city like that I grew up in. It's not even a city. It's literally a town. Like everyone's a farmer. Everyone drives a tractor. But just, yeah, if I were to sum it up just like one phrase, it's just the vibes, man. That's <laughs> such a terrible way. To, my vocabulary is so limited. But the vibes are just entirely different. No one there is motivated 
to do anything beyond this tiny pond. And I feel the reason why people are in New York. Oh, shit. One second. My Uber Eats is yeah, here. Hold on. Food. Anyway, yeah. No, I feel that the prime reason why people come to the city. Ask anyone. If you're a transplant here, you're here for a reason. You're not just here, like, passing by because it's, oh, yeah, it's a chill place. I'm just passing by. No, everyone is here for a reason. They made sacrifices to be here. Maybe not us because we're really privileged in the fact that, like, we went to a school that was a feeder for New York, but that's not to say we also didn't, like, in our own way, work really hard to get here and make sacrifices to get here as well. So coming from that community, what inspired you to leave in the first place to consider school in another state and then continue on that track? Damn, you're giving me way too much credit. You make me sound like I left a cult or something. <laughs> another great thing, just like an aside, to promo my Uber Eats order... Yeah. Dude, if you go on Uber a lot, there's so many buy one, get one deals. Like tonight, I got a buy one, get one burrito. Dude, I'm about to smash two burritos. Okay, but yeah, back to the question. I think I always knew that I wanted to leave because my parents, they immigrated, right? They're both from Beijing. Like they both went to top universities in China. That's the only reason why they were able to make it out to America. Obviously, there's different avenues, but I feel it's a very common story for like, parent first generation i guess i don't know if it's first or second generation but like people like me people like you who their parents immigrated it's a very common story for them to have been top performers at their university or have gone to grad school here and that's the only reason why we are afforded this opportunity so i think i always knew that i wanted to get out and do something with my life given that my parents weren't from there it was a really weird place for my family to be really there were no other people in our situation. I think there were two or three other Asian families and we all knew each other and we all studied for the SATs together because there was no one else in the city that really cared. That's interesting. Are you still close with any folks from hometown? Yeah, actually, I'm so glad you asked me that. My best friend in high school, I was like in a trio in high school that I would consider like two of these girls were like my best friends like we did everything together we made movies together we had t-shirts with our face on it weird <laughs> shit like that one of them she actually ended up going to cornell because her mom also went to cornell so she was also an oddity in the space of north dakota and so she made it out she actually moved to new york last year and we reconnected and it was wild to this day she is the one person at least in this point in my life right like i'm only 24 so maybe as my life progresses right people that i've met in new york in these two years will become closer but to present date she's probably the person that knows the most intimate details about my life right because she saw my childhood home she saw my family she saw me in high school when i was like becoming my own person whatever and so it's really cool to connect with someone like that now in this stage of life. And we talk a lot about how we've both evolved as people and how it's really awesome that we're both like living our dream. We both talked about this when we were in high school and now we're like living it. That's sick, yo. So how often do you end up seeing her and how do you kind of balance the beautiness of what the friendship has been versus trying to push forward with her into the future? I don't know if that question yeah. makes sense. No, it makes complete sense. Okay, so some background context. We were really close in high school, right? And then we both went to college. And we kind of like made a pact before we went to college. We said, hey, we know it's unique that we became really close because we're the only two people that care. So we told each other, if we drift apart in college, it's fine. I'm okay with that. It was really great being your friend now in a bad way. We really wanted to stay friends, but we were giving each other kind of out like, it was weird. It was almost like 
considering a long distance relationship like, in a friendship form because we both really cared about each other and like really valued the friendship so we wanted to make sure that neither of us had like our feelings hurt whatever so during college i think her and i reached disillusionment phase with each other which is something that i feel is a kind of a reoccurring theme in my life like the people that i really like love and respect and i hold really close and dearly to my heart i really do put them on a pedestal like I know they have negative traits as a person, right? Because everyone has duality. But because you're my friend, I think you're the coolest, dopest person alive. And I feel when we went to college and some of my other relationships also, this has happened. I get to a point where I realize like, wait, maybe she wasn't as perfect as I once thought she was. So I reached this point of disillusionment. This happened with my brother, like some other friends. The biggest example I think that maybe happens to a lot of people and maybe you can relate to is your parents. You figure out, you find out one day that they're like not perfect people and you're like, damn, that's shocking. So I reached this point with her and like we became a little distant for two years. And then when she moved to New York, we reconnected and... It was just insane. That was the full circle. We were able to not only bridge disillusionment, get over disillusionment, but now have a new, stronger friendship that I know is literally going to last for the rest of my life. This girl is going to be, and maybe not I'll see her every week or I'll see her every month even, but I know she's going to be a friend that I'll have like for the rest of my life. And that's only because we were able to get over this period of disillusionment and in my opinion, experience this period of disillusionment and get through it together and talk through it. Yeah, I respect that. Almost a friendship safety net in the same way that maybe your parents are. But yeah, but then I struggle with why aren't we in more of everyday person's lives, if especially you are in the same city. When do you like crave more out of a friendship versus not? Yeah, no, that's a really great question. I think it's like this, like you recognize that you guys are both really close and maybe one maybe i desire to see her more i feel if that was meant to happen that things would naturally progress that way i probably see her every three weeks or so so in my opinion that's like already a lot because both of us have already established our own lives yeah and i feel like allowing for the space of natural ebb and flow of a friendship to take place is really healthy given that we both understand and know that we want to stay in each other's lives for a really long time. Word. How do you think that's different than like a romantic relationship? Oh my God. No one should be asking me about romantic relationships. <laughs> I am. Dude, I'm the worst person to ask about this. No, I think um, that's why it's incredibly cool to hear from. Dude, literally. Okay. So I think romantic relationships at this age is especially difficult because in our heads, I don't think we've established enough of like our own values and what we truly desire to separate the needs that we can get from our friends versus the needs that we can get from a partner. Something that I've been trying to develop a framework, why can't I just see my partner the same amount that I see my friends? And like uh, the obvious answer there is, dude, well, just horny, right? I just want to see them because it gives me butterflies in my stomach. They make me feel things that a friend doesn't necessarily make me feel. Like, yes, my friend makes me feel fulfilled, right? But having a romantic partner is a completely different type of fulfillment that I think, like, at least for me, I just crave to see them more often. And 
I think it drains the relationship because like I said, it's healthy to have a natural ebb and flow and it's healthy to have our own lives and it's healthy to not see them and not talk to them all the time and every day. But dude, I don't know, maybe I blame it on biology, but like at this present age and stage in my life, I'm pretty sure I should have already had a baby by now, according to biology. <laughs> and every day, I think I'm reminded of that, at least when I'm in a relationship. But obviously, recently, I don't want that right now for my life because logically doesn't make any sense. But I think that's like the driving force of what makes relationships really more just crazy. It just doesn't feel as calm. If I were to nail it down to one word, I think that's the word I would choose. It just feels less calm. Interesting. So do you feel like now you're getting the physical things from not a partner and then you're getting like your mental fulfillment from friends? Like, I so, guess, what's okay. the difference in two like separate versus combining? Yeah, no, that's like a great model, right? If you can live by that model, like you can do it successfully. Wow, you really have cracked the code. New York is definitely the city for you. Like, you <laughs> never leave until you're really ready to settle down. But... I think similarly to how I approach friendships, I desire a really close connection with people. Yeah. And if I feel I can't achieve that level of close, it's not that it's not worth it for me, but it just is unnatural for me to not act in a way that signals and displays as like, I desire a certain level of closeness. I can't even help that with my friends. That's why I get myself into situations where I'm like frustrated with certain people that like, I didn't even, I guess I, I didn't know this about them before I became friends with them or before I decided that I wanted to pursue a friendship with them. But like, I get frustrated when I feel they're not approaching it in the same way as me. And I think desire for closeness is something I really go after. Interesting. You have a large population around you. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> also, feel free to eat more of your burritos. I'm sure I'm invading your dinner. No, don't worry, I'm eating. All right, good. Oh, wow. You're really good at eating and talking at the same time. City skills. Thank you. Cool. Another skill you can pick up if you move to New York, Shannon. I know, you're trying to get me on this game. I feel like I can be convinced when I'm like 30. But right now, I'm liking the go to random places in my life. 30 is too late. No, but I think that's the beauty of it. Because then there's less BS to cut through. I only want to meet 30-year-olds in the city. I don't want to meet 20-year-olds trying to explore ourselves, you know? I'm dead. <laughs> Yo, it's so funny. So, what, do you know Jay Madden? He went to Penn with us. No. Last year, he decided to quit his job at Nestle and start working at this remote startup. Yeah. And he literally spent the entire last year road tripping the entire country. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's literally so dope. Like, he has no obligations right now. He has no lease, no financial obligations, nothing to take care of, no family, whatever, like, obviously. And this is literally the perfect time to do that. So I really commend y'all for taking that leap. I feel there's something in my brain that just makes it, like, I can't take that leap like you guys. Yeah, I think it's definitely idolized a lot or romanticized, but I think the realities of living in the day-to-day -day is that it's not always like picture perfect and i respect people who realize they need consistent space and stability and items like it if you need a bed right you need your bed that's not going to be the lifestyle right and some people realize they need that and that's great so i feel like it's not really leap as in oh that's a leap towards a better thing it's just a leap towards a different thing that 
Like, I can't imagine myself settling down right now in the city, right? In the lease. And this is the only way of living I understand. Whereas other people only understand their, not understand, but like able to live, right? Whereas other people only can live their stability. And then that's the beauty of just living vicariously almost, right? You just hear stories and whatever. And sometimes that's fulfilling enough. Yeah, it's but fun. am I truly optimizing like all the factors that life are giving me right now? If we're really thinking about this in terms of like, an optimization model, right? If you're thinking about your life, the years that you have, like when you're most strong and able and whatever, and like you have no obligations, this would be like traveling a lot right now and not having a lease would be optimizing the circumstances that life are giving me. No, I agree. I feel like that is my kind of conclusion. And I'm always thinking like opportunity cost. If it's going to cost more and opportunity later to do than now is the time. And I feel I operate like that way. And that's why I've come to the conclusion. But I feel it's not always necessarily about that optimizing because of all the other costs that may be just way heavier for some people. But I agree. I think I'm totally on that boat, right? But I guess as I hear more and chat more with people, I'm like, no, I get it. Like, I'm not really trying to convince you. It's just interesting to hear other people's things that they're not willing to give up that you never even consider that you are giving up. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. the hard part is for me not giving up any sort of lifestyle, whatever, like, I think it's genuinely something about it is scary to me. Yeah. I desire, I think I really, I think a lot of people desire to be that free form and able to just live that lifestyle. But like, I'm trying to decipher what for me is really holding me back from that. Yeah. And maybe for other people, like it's different, but or I want to know other reasons too. Why can't I just take that leap of faith? Is it because I feel like FOMO because I'm missing out on like 20s in the city. Do I really care about that? Do I really care about all this furniture I've collected? Yes, for me, the answer is definitely yes. But what are other reasons that like have held me back to not be able to take that leap of faith? I don't know. Are you wondering because you are considering doing that at some point and it's figuring out these blockers in your head or what's the inspiration for wondering about that? I think, yeah, I think at some point in my life, I do want to do that, which is why I know that I'm like, damn, this is definitely not optimized. I should be doing that now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Short way to answer your question. Yes. At some point in my life, I do want to do that. It's fascinating, y'all. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> oh my God. It's going to be when I'm like 50 and like old, whatever. Yeah. Your midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was thinking about our quarter life crisis coming up. Yo, I don't even want to think about 25. It literally stopped being cool to age last <laughs> year. I need to stop doing this. Like, I wish I could just quit. Where's the rewind button? I don't want this anymore. No, I'm honestly such looking forward to the 30s for some reason. I guess I've mentioned it a couple times now. But I feel that we will all have gone through the pains of growing and exploring and everything. And we'll all just be more compassionate and peaceful people. That's my vision for all of us in the 30s, which would be wonderful. I hope so. I hope that's where I am when I'm 30, but I have a feeling that it's gonna be like, you know when we were in eighth grade and we looked at our teachers and we're like, damn, you're so old and put together, whatever. And now we're that age and yeah. we're like, my life is a shit show. Nothing is figured out. So I don't know if I'll ever reach that, but obviously that's the eventual goal, right? Yeah. Or it's just the Working adventure and the that. journey is fun to get there. Maybe a slight pivot, but 
Okay, you can choose your own adventure. I have a question for you. Oh yeah, come. What do you think are things that you're currently doing to achieve the ideal version of yourself? Yeah, one, I think is exploring for myself. So in a really sometimes painful way, I think that even if I know it's maybe something that I don't really like, as long as it's new, I'm all for it. So that means life-wise, literally uprooting my life every six months. That means work-wise, changing roles. That means doing different activities and hobbies just to try. So one is exploring. I feel like two is just, I genuinely love hearing people's perspectives and stories and people like talking. So I felt that to be a really nice match where, I don't know, even like this, where I feel like you just ask questions and thankfully, like, I feel like I know a lot of cool people around me who are just doing to share openly, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. So I feel that kind of accelerates exploring a little bit, right? If I know this person living that life, then I can infer some things and that's a really good time. So I feel that's an extension of exploring. And I feel three is just the no BS, be honest about what really you care about. At the end of the day, you need to live with yourself. So what are the things that you are going to care about as a person? I feel tapping into that. And even if maybe that's going against what other people are saying, fuck it. You gotta, you gotta be happy with yourself first. I guess all of those just surround exploring because I feel like you just don't know enough to be convinced about something yet. So it sounds like your life philosophy, if you were a Sim character that some someone created, your main motivation in life is to explore and experience as much as possible to narrow down, like, the experiences and things that you truly care about. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes the toughest moments where you realize where your values are. And I feel it's also, that involves people too, right? Like connecting with all different people and being open with that, which is when it gets into romantically, it's complicated and sucks a lot of the times too, right? Because you're trying to dive in head deep, but then you're involving someone else and then your feelings, you can't really just uproot your feelings as much as your physical place, I think. So there's Mm. definitely, that's a cost, right? That I think, is maybe overlooked sometimes when it's the wanderlust of just going all over the place. But that's a cost that I feel I'm not compromising my values, so that's worth it. That's the good problem to have. Yeah, I guess that would be my sim character. That's really interesting, because I feel when you mentioned cost too, there was another character, right? And comfort, there's a third character. Like, the second character is, oh, I want to ask the things that I care about, but maybe... If I determine the cost is too high, I won't even try it. But I feel your philosophy is more like, I'm just going to give it a go, even if I feel I might not like it. Because how would I know until I do it? No, exactly. And even right now, flying to Sao Paulo in two days with still hobbling around is quite a scary thing that I feel maybe hasn't really hit me until a really tough day or a night of trying to get around a foreign country without knowing the language and being physically able that I'll be like, yeah, is this worth it? But... To me now, the thought of not going has never, I guess now that I put it out there, it's occurred, but that's never really been an option for me, which there's no reason to. Like I start my, I finish my last day of work tomorrow and then I start in a new country on Monday. So yeah, I know sometimes I just do a little bit too much and I know eventually I would love to figure out the place to settle down, but figuring out the place, I have to have so many things to convince me that right now I'm building that argument for myself. Yeah, no, I think, like, the way that you live life is, like, very admirable, and I, like, completely agree with it. Like, if I could swap out the chip in my brain that 
desires a level of comfortability and swap it out with the chip that you have that just wants to experience as much as possible like put your physical avatar through as much as possible i think i would desire that wait maybe we can tap into what aspects of the comfort and stability you think you can't have during an exploration phase like maybe there's something more fundamental there than like your bed or your place i think i seek okay similarly to how you like to put yourself i guess like physically through as many experiences as possible to me that matters less than understanding and truly learning what my avatar desires to do i guess like it's similar but different okay let me try to explain it maybe this doesn't make any sense because i'm speaking off the cuff but for me it's all about feeling experience and discovery within the spaces that i've created so i only want to advance to a new space if it's a hobby i've discovered i think having a grounding home base is something i that really grounds me and is good for me in terms of feeling stable and feeling like I have something that I can go back to. And I don't know. I think I desire having home base is the crux of it. No, that's fair enough. Like I, the image of you tethered on a bungee jump or something came to mind. Like you're still experiencing a whole lot of different things, but at the end of the day, you're going to swing back to where home feels comfortable for you. And that's, that's yeah, exactly. That's and cool. what makes that's... me feel good about that is also, let's say that I just decide that this bungee jumping area is not my favorite. Dude, I just go to another one. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's great then. Like, I feel like you know exactly and you've pinpointed it and then you have it. But I guess you're just comparing to the what if of a different avatar life. Yeah. Okay, yeah, wait, and unfortunately, this avatar has also chosen to have animals. And I know some people fundamentally disagree with having animals, whatever. But I really <laughs> love having animals. I think... Taking care of other things actually brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, tell the world about your cats. Oh my god, my cats are perfect, and I spoil them, obviously. And they're just amazing. Juniper knows a million tricks. He's very talented. I always get pissed off when people are like, oh my god, my cats are so dumb. Like, they don't ever listen. Shut the fuck up. You never met my cats. Anyways, <laughs> that's all PSA. That was shorter bit than I thought it would be. Yeah, see? Oh my god, that's also another bias people have towards me. They think I'm going to talk for a million years about my cats. And I can, and I will, yeah. but no, only exactly. to the right audience. Because I was giving you the space to talk for as long as you wanted about cats. No, this is not the right platform. <laughs> I got to go into a cat-specific podcast. I have still yet to meet another as crazy cat lady as me in the city, for real. <laughs> Do you remember that podcast? Oh my god, the cat! Yes, that one was actually so good, dude. I want to meet Deborah. She's dead. Hilarious. Also, so I'm now listening to my voice a lot, right? When I edit, which is really painful. But yeah. sometimes when you talk, I'm like, wait, that sounded like my voice. Has anyone told you that before? If I had to pick someone in the world who I knew that had the most similar voice, I think it would be you. What do you think? Legit. <laughs> That's so funny. We should let our viewers decide. That actually be a really yo. Put a poll up. Everyone, send in your, send in mail, okay, physical mail. I want yes or no. That's I, it. In I a mail. was also about to say, yo, put a poll up. Yo! Same wave, same wave. Okay, wave I'll put too. those two sentences line by line, and then we'll have the audience vote. Yo, put a poll up. Everyone, put a poll up. Dude, literally, okay, do you remember my friend Alisa? She went on the ski trip with us. Dude, I was talking to her about the dynamics of our, like, 
friend group, right? And she's like, I feel like you and Shannon serve the same role. You guys are both just loud and excited. <laughs> and she says that even when I was crippled, so that's tough. No, literally. And I'm like, yo, that's cool. I like being branded that way. Maybe that's why, you know what's crazy? Okay, I thought about this a lot. I feel in college, we weren't really that close as people. Mm -hmm. We were friends, obviously, and I always knew that there was a good vibe there. And actually in my head, I always had the thought, I was like, why are Shannon and I not closer? Because to me, you were always someone that I desired to become closer with. No, I get that, mate. I bet part of it was me getting over my cat thing. Oh my God. <laughs> and then this was like freshman, sophomore year maybe. And then all the COVID stuff happened. I guess this would have been like four years ago, which is kind of insane to think about, but I get that. I. I feel like hearing about the way you live in New York and every time we hang out, I get the draw of New York and I get the draw of connecting with people who I feel like I would have connected well with, but I think it's the independence part. I think if I'm going to a place that the experience will be heavily based on things that I depend on other people for, then I would rather go on my independent journey and craft that for myself in a way. Ooh, okay. I feel this is like another area where like we differ in that we both desire exploration and discovery, but I feel I like to do it through other people. That's one of the key reasons why I love the city is I'm constantly meeting people. I'm constantly seeing people like that component, experiencing the breadth and depth of feelings, emotions, whatever that goes along with having these varied relationships. I think I am also that way, but I know that I have had maybe tough experiences that make me more hesitant now. That's fair. And I guess maybe it's more just being okay with alone time now. And then I'm like, I don't really have that need. And then if it's a mm -hmm. want, then I can just seek that and build it for myself. I don't need to be like in the space where perhaps it would be a lot of other shit to cut through. Maybe that's a little bit cynical though. No, I totally see what you're saying. Like here, things like that just happen. Like even if I didn't, even if I put in 50% yeah. effort, things like that would just happen for me and I wouldn't really have to think twice about it. But for you, you would have to intentionally seek or craft that. And I think you desire that level of control, not in a controlling way, but you really value your own mental and I guess experiential space like you want to be in control of how these experiences affect you yeah no that's true I feel like that's why our roles in the friend group like trips is so accurate of usually my roles in these sorts of I don't think I've ever taken really a backseat on like a group trip I guess in my life which is maybe crazy that is crazy yeah, maybe I should try it and see how that... Why do you think that... Okay, actually, I have an interesting perspective for you because I feel you are always the organizer. Yeah. Every trip that I've been on with you, you have started it, organized it, planned it, whatever. Have you ever been tagged along? I feel like, yeah, but I guess thinking back to recent ones, it was me putting stuff together. There's hangouts, perhaps, but maybe there's not actually those trips in a while. So that's something interesting to reflect on. I feel, okay, the reason why, and tell me if this is wrong or right. Yeah. In my mind, 
I see you as someone that is very independent and will only do things if she like really desires them. And it's something that makes sense. And I feel you're also someone that's very hard to pin down. Like, I have no idea where you're going to be, which is what I love about your lifestyle. I think it's like amazing, right? So if I were to organize something, I'm like, oh, I don't even know if Shannon's in the same country as me. So you're not someone that is easy for other people to pin down. And I think that's probably why more often than not the organizer versus someone tagging along and taking a backseat. Like when you reach out to me, you know exactly where I'm going to be. You know exactly where you're going to find me. You know exactly where my schedule is going to be. Like I don't really have an excuse. I can't say I'm out of the country because you know I'm going to be home sleeping and cuddling with my cats. I'm a very predictable person in that way. So that's why I think oftentimes I'm the person being asked to go on trips versus the one organizing them myself. Oh, that's interesting. So this was actually, Vermont was not a usual role for you. I would say when I do organize things, I enjoy doing it. But I think that maybe it's 70-30, someone else planning versus me planning yeah yeah i hear you oh, that's interesting i think you're partly right except that these things also happen i think throughout high school and i think part of it is because i like am proactive in a way even with trips that i'm like oh shit this weekend is free let me gather a group together but i think it would be mm-hmm. interesting being the tiger along the way however i feel not <laughs> for example i feel like i gave the framework like the house and the car and whatever but then the day-to-day, I was the tag-along, right? That's interesting to like, play around with. That's definitely the most important part, though. And I think you're so right in terms of you're more likely to think ahead. Dude, I'm literally only thinking, what am I going to do this weekend? I'm rarely ever thinking, oh, what am I going to do next month or the month after? So that's definitely a difference in, like, how far out we like to plan into the future. That's true. And I feel that comes with my time box nature of being in somewhere for so short. I'm like, I need to milk it. And this is yeah. the weekend for it. So yeah, question for you. I feel like maybe we're now in, in one phase of transition post-college. What do you think the next transition phase is like? And what will it be about? Oh, okay. I guess if we were to define these eras, right? Oh, we're exiting the degenerate era. We're now entering a hyper self-discovery phase. I think that's how I characterize it. I feel the next era is like, hopefully this is the next era. Hopefully I don't go through like a million self-discovery phases, but maybe I will. I don't know. (laughs) But hopefully the next phase is, okay, I think I have some key takeaways from this era of my life. And I have a pretty good sense of what direction I want to head. Now let's do it, right? Not saying that we're not doing now, but like, I feel right now there's just so many things being slotted in and out because we're trying to discover. Hopefully the next phase is more, okay, this is my baseline now. I've discovered what my new baseline is and now I can dive deeper into these things, these key takeaways that I've discovered about myself. Oh, I feel you. Yeah, it's more about building upon some of those pillars that maybe we've set now. Yeah, yeah, like right now we're all generalists. Hopefully we become specialists. You down for a quick lightning round with three questions. Yes. Okay. What is one thing you wish everyone knew? I can solve a Rubik's Cube in 45 seconds. Oh, impressive. What are three (laughs) things you can't live without besides necessities? My cats, my furniture, (laughs) and 
Oh, God, what's the third one? Let me think. That's already over three. My cats is one unit. Okay. And then three, I definitely my friendships, dude. I really do oh, value those. Oh, you just said everything in the world. <laughs> I'll let that pass. Do you have a content recommendation of any form? Yeah, okay, so everyone listens to this. Don't fucking ever be ashamed if someone makes you feel bad about reading something that they may consider stupid. For example, I've discovered this about myself and I will accept it. I fucking love romance novels, okay? I'm just gonna accept it. It's dumb. It's obviously low level, low scale reading, but it gives me so much fulfillment. There's this book I'm reading right now called Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow. So fucking good. Everyone should read it. It's key. It's major. I think you sold it. Cool. <laughs> Anything else you want to share with the world? Live your life. <laughs> Don't be afraid. <laughs> I bet. Cut? Yeah. <laughs> and that's a wrap. Francine Dong, everyone. I'll now be quarantining in my room for the next few days, so I'm hoping to finally launch this podcast. The episodes have been a little bit varied in length and style, but have stuck with a lot of the similar questions and themes, so we'll love your feedback and happy to pivot as the audience wants. I'm hoping to put a little jingle or bop in the intro-outro, but probably the editing process will remain similar because I haven't yet found too much of a passion for this. However, if you have any tips and if the editing is too annoying for you, please do let me know. I am learning as I go. See you on the next episode of Who Let the Dogs Out, where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things. Cheers.